Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, the our 111st episode of Saturday Morning D&D Show, really exciting. Um, we talk about the Healing Spirit errata, some Unearthed Arcana, uh, the Tales from the Loop show that Illusion is very excited for, um, and then our games that we're playing, because we didn't really get to talk about them last week because Mike was here, but it was an awesome episode, so I'm happy that he was here, but we uh, go into detail about the games that we're playing, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Stay tuned. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday morning D&D show. I am Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Good morning, sir. Say hello. Good morning, everybody. Hello. I hope your day is going wonderful. It's gonna be yeah. a little rainy here. So yeah, it's right. been uh, it's been rainy the past couple of days. Did I tell you we had an earthquake? No. It's the end times. Wow. <laughs> uh, first of all, for those of you who don't know, don't stalk me or anything, but I live in Idaho, and uh, Idaho doesn't get earthquakes. But mm. there was a six point five earthquake. That's big. Uh, yeah, about. Uh, I want to say, well, I don't actually know how far, but it was it was north of us quite a ways, and we felt the aftershocks of it. Wow. So I'm sitting there feeding my baby, and uh, my wife comes and she's like, "Well, I want to talk to you about something." I'm like, "We're talking." We're like, "Blah blah blah." I don't know, whatever things husbands and wife talk about. And then all of a sudden it starts shaking, and I'm like, "Is that a plane?" And and she's like, "I think." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, is this an earthquake?" And I look out the window, and the whole things—I've never been in an earthquake before. Mm -hmm. So yeah. this was a, this was crazy. But uh, yeah, because of the pandemic and that, and uh, there was like a swarm of locusts somewhere recently, and we're worried about the firstborn son because that's the next one. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's You've crazy. It so wow. there's some there's some Jordan news for you. Uh, it was really spooky. Uh, and then I uh, got online and streamed my Rod of Seven Parts game 30 minutes later. <laughs> so, you know, you know, but no damage or anything. Hell, Everybody's fine. So, yeah. Yeah. If we're going to hell, we're playing D&D &D while we go. <laughs> so that's just how it's going to work. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, really exciting uh, to have you guys here, uh, both on the YouTubes and the Twitches. Uh, you guys can always catch us live Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific on YouTube. Just search for the Saturday Morning D&D &D Show. Um, or on Twitch, which is over at twitch.tv slash Gaming. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So we're really, really excited to have everybody here. Um, we're going to talk about uh, this very hostful episode. We're going to have just me and Lucian mm -hmm. today. And we're going to talk about some... Dungeons and Dragons news. Uh, last week we had Mike from Unmade Gaming here. He's really awesome, but we didn't get to talk a lot about the news more in depth like we usually do. Sure. So I wanted to bring up the Unearthed Arcana again, yeah, uh, and this was uh, the the pet spells basically, um, and the design of this is different from any other pet spell that we've had in the past because usually it's the HP is kind of the level of the of the guy plus a certain amount or something like that. And mm -hmm. uh, the on on the good quote unquote pet spells um, or abilities, I should say, like the ranger, uh, the updated ranger. 
And mm -hmm. uh, their attack is always plus your proficiency. So it will go up, but it's not necessarily tied to a stat or anything. So your pet is just kind of like, this is as strong as it'll get, etc. Um, with these new spells, they're, they're like a certain number, like eight, plus proficiency, plus like a stat, and divided by a level, like they have like a, a mathematical formula for everything, HP, stats, attack bonuses, things like that. Uh, is this the new future of pet classes or pet spells for D&D um, to make them more viable? And do you think they're going to go back and fix, and I say fix, but are they gonna apply this if it works really well to other uh, pet, pet abilities or pet uh, classes and stuff. Yeah, and I feel like when I was reading it, it was like, depending on what type of creature you were summoning or calling yeah. forth, like if it was aquatic or if it was land-based or if it was a bird-based or air-based or something, that some other things were changing too. Um, so that was an interesting thing. It feels to me like if you're ever going to have a setting that is pet summoning specific or heavy, if you're going to do a Pokemon version, a Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah. or you're going to do a, a, anything that just has a lot of that stuff in it, and it's the main kind of portion of a game, D&D doesn't have a way to tackle that style of a world in its current state. You can try to finagle some stuff. You can expect your DM to maybe make some new rules up, which is always a possibility. But mm -hmm. if they want to be able to support, like they want to be able to do a world that can do that kind of thing, we need something like this or close to this. Like this is like, maybe it's gone too far one way and, and maybe not enough the other, or maybe they still need to fine tune it. But it does feel like if you had these rules in place in the player's handbook, you could do a pet heavy summoning setting very well. Like there, yeah. and it would be viable. Like you said, like I could be 10th level and it would make sense that my 10th level cool pet would come out and it would be relevant to a 10th level adventure versus... Yeah when it was relevant at the third level or it's relevant at the 15th level or whatever it might be. I'm excited because I'm a huge summoning pet person. I've wanted a summoning class mm -hmm. for a long time, but this is a way to, to do it differently if you're going to go the spell route because then you could take any of the spell casters, you can leave your classes alone mm -hmm. and you don't have to make a specific summoning class to do this. So. Yeah, and I, I think that's what they're trying to get away from. Same thing with psionics. They want to wrap mm -hmm. psionics into wizards as a flavor, like mm -hmm. uh, rather than trying to build a whole new class. Like I really get that sensation. They're like, you know, we tried psionic like points and things like that, but uh, it it just, I don't know, balance wise, it's gonna work better if they don't make a new class and they just utilize that, uh, the, the existing system they have. Uh, case in point, the artificer, uh, you know, they could have gone a completely different route with how he casts spells because he casts, he or she, sorry, they cast spells because of uh, magic items and things like that. And But they gave them spell slots and basically said, you need to reflavor your spell slots to, you know, you know, if you, you cast Shocking Grasp, it's because you have a lightning hand on, uh, a glove that casts lightning or something like that. Right. Uh, but I wanted to go back and clarify what I said earlier about these uh, summoning things is it looks like the armor is 11 plus the level of the spell. So mm -hmm. you can upcast these to get a, a better beast. Um, and then hit points is your the, the beast constitution plus your spell casting ability modifier plus the spell's level. So again, hit points vary with spell level and how 
like intelligence and things like that. Um, and then they made one pet that is essentially three. Uh, if I, I can summon this as a land pet, an air or a water, and depending on how I do it, or the celestial spirit, I can summon it as an Avenger or a defender. And depending on how I summon it, it gets different abilities. So it it's, I don't know, it's smart and it's concise, uh, a little, Magic the Gathering-y to me, because every time you summon this, you're gonna have to go through and count. And I mean, you'll have like a template to like, if I cast it at this, I know that it's this. Uh, but, you know, it's it's interesting. I don't know. I wonder how DD yeah. Beyond is gonna handle this. Right, because, and I was just saying, because yeah. if they can handle it with a really quick, just you just click a button. That would be good. Then people are really gonna, I think everybody really likes these um, electronic um, devices that are helping us oh, do yeah. the math portion. So we can just, play the game and we can, you know, think about what we want to do on our turn versus trying to add everything up and divide it by this or, you know, all that yeah. stuff. So very interesting. Yeah. We've been uh, using D and D beyond a lot and uh, mm -hmm. not sponsored, but if you want to sponsor us, Hey, we're right here. Uh, we would love to be, um, but it, yeah, been using, been using D and D beyond more and more with my games. And I have my little Google Chrome tablet and mm -hmm. I love it. I sit down at the table and I've got this thing and I, not only do I have that, but I, I, uh, I'm a faster typer than I am, am just handwriting stuff. And so when it comes to taking notes, I can open a Google Doc in the next tab and write down our inventory or the notes or something of what happened on the previous session. And uh, that is also coming into play as I DM Rod of Seven Parts. So it's yeah. it's really it's awesome. It's funny you say that because this week was the week that Lucian broke down and spent more money on Dungeons and Dragons Ooh. and subscribed to d and I've been staying free D&D yeah. this whole time using my six character slots and deleting ones I'm not using and adding other ones mm -hmm. in I could use. And I was finally just bit the bullet. I'm like, what's one more charge? I'm already paying for Roll20 and I'm paying for Zoom so I can play and I'm buying the books. Apparently there's a plug-in for Roll20 and D&D Beyond. That's why I got it too. Okay. Uh, yeah, because we, I played around with that the minute I signed up for it and I thought, okay, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Chrome has a, a extension that you can roll right from the, the sheet. So you can have your sheet up on one screen and you can have Roll20 up on the other screen and you can click things on your D&D Beyond sheet and it will roll oh, in Roll20. That's what I need. It'll bring up stuff in Roll20. Do I have to have a Roll20 subscription 20? for that to work? I don't, I don't think so. I think it's just a browser extension. And I know what I'm doing exactly after the show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Play around <laughs> with it. I think you'll, you'll enjoy it quite a bit. So what it does is, uh, uh, I don't know if people can see. Well, no, I won't mess with it because I barely got things running this morning. Yeah, that's true. We, but Zoom it puts up a little a, icon. Yeah. yeah, it puts up a little icon at the top of your Chrome window <clears throat> that says it's linked to be uh, beyond 20. I think the only key is your character sheet in, I don't know if it even has to be filled out. But I think it has to have the name that matches the name in D and D Beyond, and then it knows to make the link that way somehow. Okay. But other than that, I don't know how much else. It, I, I just barely started playing around it, but it's super cool. So now, of course, I had to buy that, and now, yeah, so I got yeah, I no. got the first tier. I didn't go crazy yet. I got yeah, yeah, first. I'm still at the first tier as well, but uh, mostly because I, I keep getting invited into games right. uh, where people have unlocked everything, and yeah. so it's like, well. Like technically, I can't start a game with uh, all that stuff. All of like, I can't start it with all of this, but like, I can make a character with all of that because I have access mm -hmm. to it, and so I can That's kind of play around too. with it. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um. So very. Cool. Let's let's talk about spirits. 
Specifically yeah, yeah, heard, healing spirits. I heard healing spirit has been fixed finally. And yeah. you are very familiar with this. And yes. I, I think this is something that you yes. would be you would say that this is better, right? Like, oh my God, the, my the, players yeah. abused the hell out of yeah. it. It just did not make any sense in the context of, of how the game was running. Just mass healing, people running through the healing spirit so it would trigger on them and doing their, it just turned the combat into this really weird set of them trying to find a way to either run themselves through or then they wanted to drag their people through yeah. or if somebody was unconscious they wanted to throw them on the i mean it was everything revolved around this healing spirit and it just got to the point that it was just too much for me so we definitely had already kind of um limited what it could do and then i just saw a uh, a, a twitter post out there that they said they did go ahead they're going to fix it in the errata i don't know if the errata is out yet um but it is on its way or it's being printed up or it's about to be done um, and they're going to fix it so that it, it links into your spell casting bonus modifiers, how many times that thing can kick off, which makes sense because most things like this have a limiting factor on them in yeah. some way. So when I cast it, it can heal, like if I have a plus three to my wisdom, it can heal three times and then it fades away. I think it can trigger three times. Yeah. So and that's, three different that's people fair. can trigger I like that. it. And, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Because uh, yep. it is just, whew, yeah, it is. <laughs> it was, it was, it it was way overpowered. We used it a little bit in uh, one of my games, uh, my homebrew game that I was playing in. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I It's a welcome change. So yeah, we'll yeah. see. If, if your players are just use it occasionally, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it comes up. Yeah. But my players are strategic enough that they're not only doing that, they then started doing synergy with a the druid's totem of the unicorn which meant if you heal somebody, everybody gets bonus healed based on you healing. And so then the healing spirits healing people and they were wanting that to trigger off the, the unicorn. It was just like a whole mess that we went through. So crazy. <laughs> so I'm glad it's changed. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to see the new errata. I don't know what else they'll put in that errata, but there are obviously. Yeah. yeah they're, so they're going to release wizards of the coast is going to release um, a, and they've done this for the player's handbook and for other things, but specifically mm -hmm. for uh, Xanathar's guide to everything, they're going to release a uh, errata PDF. And then yeah. you will know specific uh, sections and what was changed and how the wording is just clearer and better. And if they needed to nerf something, they nerfed it. So yeah. Yeah. So very cool. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, there was a lore you should know that got out, but I think it was a pre-recorded one or it got re-released because in the start of it, it said it was recorded back in the day and it was the blood feud. And that so seems it like it was something that should have come out for uh, Descent Avernus, into yeah. Avernus. So I wonder if it's because people are staying at home, they're like, right. well, we'll just kind of reuse some older content to keep the YouTubes going, so. We'll just tell them about hell because yeah. they're staying home for a plague. And yeah. <laughs> so if that's out there if you haven't seen it yet. Um, I didn't watch through it, um, but I am interested. The blood feud itself, mm -hmm is a very interesting, cool thing that you could add to a campaign with the the war between two evils, really, yeah. this, that, that concept. And I love the idea of war between two evils. I used it in my campaign for Seeking Revenor. We touched on a little bit of the blood feud of a demon who's trapped, who was trapped by a devil, 
the demon's finding a way to get out, but this devil doesn't want him to get out because he wants him to stay trapped. So he uses the players to keep the demon trapped. So it's one evil pitting the players against another evil. And the players are trying to figure out, well, is there a lesser evil in this? Yeah. And there's probably not, <laughs> but they're, they're going to pick one to help or not. Yeah, so that's fun what though. What are they going to do? So that's, that was really fun to do. So definitely check that out. Um, I watched, last night two episodes of tales from the loop last Ooh. night have you watched this on amazon and yet? so that is the that you just said amazon so that's the amazon show amazon that's based show. off of not necessarily the role-playing game but the same art that the role-playing game was based on. he of. did a book too which yeah. i think are stories tied to his art okay um but it's very is i, it, I mean so you like it it's good it, i like it Think of it as vignettes. So each episode is kind of an enclosed vignette. Mm -hmm. My wife said as she was watching one of them, she's like, is this kind of like a Twilight Zone kind of thing? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll have to keep seeing and watching. So yeah. I won't spoil it for much. It so far has still been um, from the perspective of either, uh, I would say, like a 10 or an 11-year-old, or there was a teenager one so far, the two that I've seen. So, so far just like the role-playing game, which is more kids on adventures specific, which mm -hmm. is what the role-playing game is built for. Um, the show has thus done that. And the show's connected and, you know, it's all about the loop. If you find all that stuff out and the artwork is in there and the way they filmed it is very um, in the interesting. It never was. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I would say, I don't want to spoil. I think don't everybody spoil. should go watch. I like it. Spoil free it's show. It's not, it's not, it's probably more Stranger Things than it is Goonies. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In the way that Goonies is fun, Disney humor. This was not. This was definitely a more serious kind of take on what's going on. So it was interesting. Um, but I've only seen two. I think there are eight total episodes. I will probably binge watch, binge watch them the rest of today because uh, I'm, I'm so interested in it. I love the artwork. I um, I love what they've done with it so far. Some good acting in it. Um, so it's been pretty fun and, and very interesting. Also a little, um, you ever watched the show Black Mirror? I think is the name you of know, it. You know, no, I haven't. Uh, I, I I think you're the eighth person to tell me to watch to it. To tell you, and <laughs> you've, I'll be the eighth you've ignored thus yeah, far. Yeah, uh, and so it's, <laughs> we, uh, we have a list of TV at this point because it's like whenever we get a chance to sit down and actually watch something, uh, together, mm -hmm. uh, the wife and I, and uh, things shift around and stuff like that. And finally, we had so many people yelling at us to watch Tiger King that oh, we, God, we yeah. bumped that up to the top. And we kind of wish we hadn't because when we finished it, we we're like, oh, these poor, and, like, it's really sad. They're just really cruel to the it's animals. It's a train wreck. And it's a train wreck to watching. watch. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. not, you should, yeah, there's, there's, people are making fun of that show. I'm getting on a soapbox right now, but like, people are making fun <laughs> of that show. But I think, a lot of people that are making fun of the outlandish characters that are on the show, uh, it's a documentary, so they're real people, are kind of missing the point that at the very end, they they talk like, you know, the animals aren't winning. And I was like, you're right. And it's kind of no. sad. Uh, so no. so we now we're finished with that. We can, I think Tales from the Loop is going to be next, though. We can so. move on. All right, good, good. So I liked it. Um, definitely was cool out there. It, it makes and, you know, gets that urge to play the game some more. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting for you to run a game. 
Yeah, my wife, it was really funny because when it popped up, she she was looking at it and it comes up on the screen. It says Tales from the Loop as the big. And she looks at that and she goes, why does that look familiar? I'm like, oh, let me show you. And I run in my room <laughs> and I come back out and I show her the book. It's like, oh, yeah, I see that book on your shelf all the time. I'm like, yes, it's right there all the time. <laughs> That's funny. That was very cool. So uh, well, speaking of books on shelves. Yes, yeah, books on uh, shelves. And speaking of spending a, a bunch of money. Um, I bought a uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics Lankmar, uh, which How is, is uh, so this was, uh, this was like a used copy that I found because I think it's like $60, $65, which was a little too expensive for me where I don't know anything about Lankmar, but I got it used mm -hmm. for a significantly cheaper. Um, and that's the cardboard, but it comes with uh, a lot of adventures and books and resources to play Dungeon Crawl Classics in the world of Lankmar. And uh, do, you, do you know anything about Lankmar? It sounds familiar to me. It's what I remember. I get it mixed up with Tolis all the time. Oh, right? okay. You know, the big, the big city, but it's the DCC version. I thought of that or, uh, but go ahead and tell me, I, I always get it mixed no, up. So yeah. And I, I'm not, sorry, not trying to call you out. Like, do you know, like I, but yeah. I didn't know. So I, I researched <laughs> it a bunch and I, and I researched it a bunch and I'm reading this. Um, a friend of me, a friend of mine, uh, Lex Mandrake, who is on my Rod of Seven Parts game, he's like, no, you should totally check out some of these. Uh, they have like audiobooks on YouTube that you can listen. But uh, Fritz Lieber, Lieber uh, is an author and he's been writing this fantasy world oh, from gotcha. 1933 to 1988 was I think the last published thing. Uh, mm -hmm. It has an AD&D campaign setting tied to it because it was one of the books that really inspired the original Dungeons and Dragons or book series. And it's yeah. this uh, like science fiction fantasy hybrids. Uh, the the word or the genre sword and sorcery comes from uh, Frank Leiber's uh, mm -hmm. books. Um, uh, Fafrid and the Grey Mauser is uh, like the characters and they go on these adventures and stuff. So I don't, know a lot about it uh the cool thing about this is uh the goodman games they they put here's all of the gray mauser books mm -hmm. and here's the ones like if you want a dnd &D or, or if you want a dnd &D, if you want a dm slash judge a game uh for dungeon crawl classics using this uh here are the like key books you should probably read in short stories so you know the world a little bit better uh and i'm, I'm gonna get a couple of them they're all are all out there a lot of them some of them might be public domain at this point uh, see mm -hmm. if I can find and, and maybe I'll read up on a little bit. I don't know if I'll actually run this, but it was cool to get another city that I could then incorporate into other areas and things like that. But so, sorry, for for to explain a little bit better, Lankmar is a large city in this world that uh, uh, Fritz created. And it has corruption and people and NPCs and all this other stuff. Uh, and, they, and DCC made some specific rules for this Lankmar setting that are unique to that setting. So I thought that was really cool too. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of fun to try out new things. So maybe yeah. I can get a, a Lankmar game Like going. an urban setting for DCC. Because a lot of times I feel like DCC games have been, you're out in wastelands and you're out mm -hmm. in, you know, in, in all kinds of areas. Yeah. But yeah. they're they're desolate or war torn or something bad has happened. This could be a nice, cool urban version of yeah. that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, does it so, add new rules? Does it just setting stuff? Or no, it does. It has some new rules in it. Um, the the first couple are like how to get into Lankmar, and then the rest mm -hmm. of the book is uh, uh, like 
the city of Lankmar, and then chapter four and the rest are uh, optional rules to use in your DCC Lankmar game. Um, cool. So things that kind of make it more, I, I haven't read through all of it yet, so I don't want to say, mm -hmm. but uh, not necessarily less deadly because DCC is a very deadly game, but it's also a game that's really good for one shots. And I think this is them stepping out saying, you know, we we can play one shots and that's fun, but like if you really want to do a, an ongoing campaign, we can do that too. Like the the core system allows you to play more than just whatever. Uh, and this kind of ties back to uh, uh, Jack Vance. They're going to do uh, the same thing that they did with this Lankmar in 2021. DCC is going to do this Dying Earth. So they're they're really excited to get a hold of these properties because they were the properties that inspired original D and D and also inspired Dungeon Crawl Classics. Like he made Dungeon Crawl Classics because of uh, reading back through a lot of those books. So it's kind of mm -hmm. cool. It's kind of exciting. Very cool. Uh, yeah, just little things. Um, well, I'm waiting for my Tolis book, which would be a big yeah. one. Which would be another big city. The the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica is another good one. If you want a big city, you could use the Ravnica um, book for sure. I've always actually wanted to use that big guild fighting guild sector fighting sector mm -hmm. kind of thing in a big urban city. Um, or play like a game like Blades in the Dark kind of game. Um, yeah. has lots of cool stuff on that too. Uh, That's another like setting or another fun. game, Blades in the Dark, that comes with this like uh, Victorian setting of, uh, of um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, a city, like a large kind of magical slash industrial city. So mm -hmm. yeah. Very cool. Um, and then we'll touch on this briefly because it was in Tabletop News. Uh, sure. but, uh, the topic of GM related and it is, yes, but it's uh, the topic of safety in games and making sure that everybody is in a comfortable, uh, I don't necessarily want to say safe space, but like, you're not pressuring other players to role play something that they're uncomfortable with and, and mm -hmm. things like that. And so for those of you who don't know, uh, Adam Cobble, who previously I, we liked a lot. He does a lot of cool stuff. He wrote Dungeon World and things like that. Mm -hmm. He's he's kind of a, a a big name in the tabletop role playing universe, uh, because yeah. of how much he streams and and how much and like the the inclusivity that he brings. Like he always tries to do these really cool shows with a bunch of different people from all walks of life, and they do shows together. Mm -hmm. um, you can Google this if you want, but. Long story short, he made a female cast member very uncomfortable to the point where she felt like she needed to leave the show. And she did. And mm -hmm. she spoke out about it. And she was very straightforward and polite and was like, these are the reasons that I'm leaving the show. And this is why I don't think this is appropriate and blah, 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 blah. Um, the show has thus been canceled. And Adam mm -hmm. has apologized on numerous platforms uh, not necessarily explaining himself of like, why did I do this? Uh, but that he acknowledges what he did was wrong. And I think what we, basically it's all over Twitter. We don't need to get into the details of it because I don't really want to. Um, no. But it made, it, it my Rod of Seven Parts game, we were talking about it and, and they were just like, well, do we have stuff set up like that? Like, can we, do we have ways of stopping this? And uh, coincidentally, we did. And I reminded them all, I was like, no, when we started the game, I really like the kids on, or it, the system I read about was in Kids on Bikes, but I don't think it's 
pertinent to kids on bikes. Uh, and, and maybe if I can find some more information on it, I will put it in the show notes below. So look for that. But basically, if you're ever in a situation role-playing with your, your characters, you should set up before the game starts, you know, I don't want to talk about, uh, like, I love my son, I don't want to talk about babies dying. And you're, okay, and so that's kind of off-limit topics. And then while you're playing, uh, there is the VCR method, which is pause, rewind, fast forward, or stop kind of a thing. And so if, <laughs> if you're ever in a situation where it's like, I don't feel comfortable with what Lucian is doing and taking this scene, you can say pause, we all pause, what's going on? I don't feel comfortable about this. It's like, okay, your options are fast forward, where we say it happened, but we won't talk about it, or rewind, and we go back and we make a new choice that's more comfortable for everybody. So I don't know, it's kind of interesting. And, and I think re regardless that this is kind of like a, a bad thing that happened, it's mm -hmm. really put a good light on that DMs and players have a responsibility to each other um, to you know, be honest and be open and just be like, this is not cool. So uh, yeah. it's hopefully more games will start with social contracts and stuff is my hope. But mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And just recognizing, I, I think I, I was watching the show um, and I don't recommend that you go out and find it. Uh, and, and the only reason I say that is because I think it just adds to um Elspeth being a victim of what happened because now there's a bunch of people who had no idea what Far Verona was at all. And, but yeah. they're just going to go and they're going to watch that. And they're going to give their opinion on, on this thing that they weren't really, they didn't know about, but now I'm going to go watch this. It's like, Hey, I was in a car accident and it's on video. And then you rush out to go watch this car accident on video. You're perpetuating the problem. You're as much of the problem as any, that's the whole thing that happened, mm -hmm. but I was watching it. Um, and I have been watching the show and I like the show. Um, and I'm totally, it was like, I'm sitting there watching it and thinking, wait, something's going wrong. And they were like, something's going wrong. Tools can fail also. Yeah. Like people, I think they were just in this moment of shock. They're like, no, no, this can't be happening. Yeah. So no big deal. You know, they're like, no, this can't be happening. It's not, it's not happening. And it just, what I took away from it and what I wanted to bring to our show to say as a dungeon master, a game master running a game absolutely pay attention to the reactions of your players because they're giving you hints even if their brain is not engaging with hey jordan the way you're taking this story is not the way i want to go even if they can't formulate the words their expressions or their posture or the way they're reacting to your descriptions and the way you're you're saying things is telling you stuff also yeah read <laughs> so the room oh so, yeah don't get so wrapped up in this cool thing that you're describing um, that you miss what's happening with them. And I've used it in a couple of games with mine because a lot of times I don't like, I'm a big dog lover. So if any of my dungeon masters end up using, they want to use dogs attack the party. I'm just like, eh. or I say to them, all right, I make it very clear that I'm just going to try to scare them away. Yeah. And you're going to make that work. because <laughs> The only way out of this is not, we need to kill the dogs or we need to, you know, I don't want anything to do with that. And just like you're saying, you have a new baby. We don't want 
there is no one. The only option is the baby dies option. That yeah. is, that doesn't happen. The only well, no, option is it just in danger, survives, you know? yeah. <laughs> or even any of that. Yeah. yeah even in danger. Yeah. Like if someone says, Hey, I've got a really great idea where they need, you have to stop an evil cult from trying to sacrifice a baby. I'm like, I wouldn't want to play in that. I don't. You yeah. Know? It's not interesting yeah. to me. So that, that kind of thing. But if it starts to happen and your brain just can't even comprehend it, just, I'm only saying, and I'm not saying that we won't make mistakes. This, I also think from Adam's perspective, any of us can still make mistakes and we probably will. And we'll probably take a scene too far, not realizing what we did, not realizing how it's landing, not realizing the effect of it until somebody mm -hmm. tells us, because in our mind, it's going a different way, or we're seeing it a different way. We're trying to make it go a different way. And then it doesn't. So also be ready to be corrected, be yeah. ready to take responsibility for your actions because you're, you're leading these stories in different ways. And you're working with people that have different traumatic things. You may not know about, I mean, we're playing games that have, we're slaughtering people all the time or somebody gets mugged. And if somebody just got mugged two weeks ago, that's triggering for them all of a sudden. And you bring that up into, Hey, you're in a dark alley and they want to take your, your purse, your money and, all of a sudden that could set somebody off really quickly because it just happened to them and it wouldn't have done it two weeks ago or three weeks ago. So we just gotta be careful. The games are supposed to be fun. We're supposed to, and I always think we're supposed to be heroes too. I'm always, I, I kind of don't play in the, we're going to be evil character mm -hmm. campaigns just because that's the, not the themes I want to do in my games. I want games to be fun and happy and, and challenging, but cool. Um, cause I don't want to get into that darker thing. We got plenty of darker things in our real lives. I feel like, so try that. Uh, that's my recommendation for dungeon masters and game masters out there. It's just, you know, like you said, read the room was a really good, you know, but be ready too. we're going to make mistakes and mm -hmm. be ready to own up to your mistakes and don't try to pawn it off on. I didn't know, or we don't have tools or you didn't tell me to stop. So it was okay. None of that is right. Yeah. No victim um, blaming and things like that. Yeah, just, just take responsibility. Yeah, you messed up. It. It I thought, you know, it happens, so which uh, we'll learn for the most part. I think that's what Adam did is he's, he acknowledges that he was wrong. So we'll, and we'll I think see where it goes from there. I don't think he's done. I think he's, he's talking to counselors. He's dealing yeah, yeah, with yeah. friends of his because he has been a very, like you said, inclusivity person. And he's um, championed that as an L, you know, LGBTQ person himself to let that happen. And he's left campaigns because of abuse, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, and he said he can't even believe it happened to him. And he's still going to be trying to figure out how to deal with this. Because, yeah, who are the, our hardest critics are also ourselves sometimes if we – I can't even imagine if it happened to me. And then I saw the look like if it was me, you – and PB were playing a game and then I did something and you had that reaction and that was your facial expression at the end. And at the end of it, you came to me and said, that's it, Dan, I'm out of the show. Or I'm <laughs> yeah. show. Uh, you did this and it was terrible and I can't believe you did that. I would be horrified that I put you through that. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I wouldn't even know what to do at that point. So not to belabor the whole thing, just wanted to bring it up because it was definitely all over Twitter. And if you're in Twitter watching the TR, you know, TTRPG stuff, it definitely came up. Um, so keep your people safe, keep yourself safe and, uh, have fun in your games. Absolutely. Uh, and speaking of fun games, we're going to transition games. to Bardic Inspiration. Uh, Yay. this is where we, uh, talk about ideas we have for games, uh, and things like that. Uh, I always come up with it about like 10 minutes before the show starts because that's how I roll. Um, mm -hmm. 
I was talking with my patrons. Uh, we have a, a monthly hangout and we were talking about TV tropes and how it's really cool to put certain TV tropes into uh, your games because games really do play out like TV sometimes. Like a session is kind of an episode of an ongoing series. Uh, you could say that. And mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I've always found funny, mostly because of the show Community, where they were making fun of specifically bottle episodes, where a bottle episode is where, well, I should just read it so we know what it is, but a bottle <laughs> episode is a cheaply uh, restricted episode where they usually shoot in one set uh, and and just, it's mostly dialogue back and forth between people, but it's the idea of like, hey, it's the end of the season. We kind of burned our budget on episode five. So now it's episode seven. We need you to like, we're just gonna throw this together really quick. Oh, okay. And so you have a bottle episode and Community did a really funny thing about it where they constantly talk about like, there's a puppy parade going on. Do you guys wanna see? And they're like, oh, we can't, we gotta study. So they, they, they did a bottle episode by telling them all of the cool things that were happening outside <laughs> of their study room, but they had to stay in there and study. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just tickles me. So could you do, like, could you use that, that TV trope in Dungeons and Dragons? Cause it's essentially like, it got me thinking of like, do you do an escape room? Do you like, I don't know if this works. I wanted to bounce ideas off of you. Like, yeah, it's like you have a hand on the bomb and you can't take your hand off the bomb. Yeah. And I don't know, like, how do you, do you make calls outside of the room is the whole yeah. objective? Like, uh, or is it just one of those, like they need to do talking back and forth. And I feel like for Dungeons and Dragons, you can have moments where it's like, okay, we're going to role play for a little bit but mm -hmm. you also need to have an objective for your players. And that usually makes me think of puzzles when they're in a room, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Like what if they were physically in a bottle? That would be funny. A whole that episode where you're, you, you got stuck in a bottle and you're like, how do we get out of this bottle? That would be fun. Yeah, that'd be good. I read a story about that where somebody, the genie traps um, the character in his bottle so that, that, so to take them out of what was going on and then the genie left again. And then the whole thing was about how are they going to get out of this genie yeah. bottle? So yeah. that'd be kind of cool. Uh, yeah. So like a one scene, one set adventure yeah. session. So they got to be able to stay in there for two or three hours. Mm -hmm. They got to have something, you know, fun to do. Mm -hmm. It would be interesting. I think it would be a challenge for a GM to come up with one. It might challenge your, like, if you think you're really on top of your GM game, yeah, yeah. you could throw that in and say, okay, let's see if I could do this and really stretch my muscles on this see if I could come up with something fun. Um, it'd be interesting, a cool puzzle that doesn't, the only thing I think with puzzles is they're good until people can't figure them out. Yeah. And then you gotta like drop hints and stuff. And yeah, see. yeah, yeah. And so that I've been in sessions where it's just been like, we just can't get it. And then it's terrible. <laughs> it's miserable because we can't move forward. Um, but yeah, I think it could be cool if you planned it. Like mm -hmm. you would definitely have to plan it. You just wouldn't drop it in at one point, but. That'd be very interesting, like a, a low cost. It'd be great for you as a dungeon master because guess what? <laughs> Maybe it's not that much. You don't have to do a bunch of maps. You don't have to do a bunch of NPC, you know, generation. You don't have to do a bunch of anything else. You just have to come up with the concept. So it would be interesting. I think that'd be kind of cool. We'd have to try so, that. I don't know. I, I like I like the idea of uh, inside jokes in my games. And mm -hmm. so if I had like my my like writer theater friends and they're just like, you know, midway through the game, I want them all to look at me and they're like, are we doing a bottle episode? And that's the yeah. joke. And then we all have fun. And that's yeah. that's all I that want. That would be good. That's all I want. 
So, but Lucian, what was your bardic inspiration for this four four twenty twenty? Well, I had a you know I was flipping through movies to watch. Like you said, it was before um, um, Tales from the Loop was out, and it was I was I was transitioning from I had already finished Tiger King, like you had said, and I was moving trying to figure out the next things. I was flipping through, and I didn't actually watch it, but I did flip by Journey to the Center of the Earth. You know, Journey Ooh, to the yeah. Center of a World of some sort. And I thought, oh. That when I when I flashed by it, my brain didn't immediately jump to remembering the movie. My brain immediately jumped to, oh, I wonder if I could run an adventure like that, like yeah. in some world that was like a journey to the center of the earth kind of role playing game. And you could do it with probably any system that you're you're comfortable and familiar with. You could do it in any of the worlds, whether it's sci fi or modern or Dungeons and Dragons and all the things that you could do with it. Um, obviously, with Dungeons and Dragons, we'd be talking about going down into uh, the Underdark, if you mm -hmm. want to go that route, or maybe you, maybe yours is different. Maybe the Underdark is one piece, but you've really come up with something that's very different on the way you're uh, traveling to the center and what is at the center of your world. That could be very interesting to, to see. Or a way to introduce really radical elements to your campaign without messing up the overall campaign world above it, right? Because yeah. you could say, Hey, we have this fantasy world. It's it's very J.R. Tolkien. It's very you know uh, mm -hmm. low fantasy magic stuff. But as we go deeper and deeper, maybe we can get into some more fantastical stuff, some more stuff that you wouldn't normally introduce into your world to get away with it. So I thought that'd be kind of cool too. In some ways, I feel like they didn't act ink with the moving um, oubliette thing that um, Omen was um, had like had killed his sister or something, but it was like this weird pocket dimension that moved around and they used it in the C team, um, probably like second or third storyline, the C team um, were using it and they got trapped in it and they had mm. to get out of it. And it was really cool. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I was thinking like a, a travel to the center of your world and what's there and what's cool as you travel there and why would they go there and all the different things. It just felt like a really cool seed for a campaign idea or an offshoot of, like you said, your, your players need to travel home. They'd finished the black pyramid. You were trying to figure out what to do between that. And you sent them to, um, Shadowfell. Shadowfell. Yeah. You could have sent them to like Feywild. You could send them to Shadowfell as a detour on their way, or you could do something like this where it's, we're going to go down into the earth because maybe their idea is, wait a minute, we know the earth is round. So it's shorter if we go through <laughs> than if we go around, you know, or something like that. So that I, could be a fun. I wish that now if I make, I really want to make my own custom uh, campaign setting at some point. And yeah. uh, I like the idea of, of a journey to the center of the earth, like dinosaurs and stuff. So, yeah. so we'll have like, you know, fantasy here. And then you go down, you got like a layer of underdark. And then they're mm -hmm. like, well, we don't go any deeper than that because of the dinosaurs. And they're like, what? And you go down and there's like a mm -hmm. giant pocket sun in the center of the earth. And yeah. all around it are the dinosaurs and the, like the wild jungles of whatever. And that would be, that would be a really, that would be really fun. You know, like I like yeah. that because you know, we have the dinosaurs and Chult and things like that, but like to actually make like a world within a world would be kind of interesting. So, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, some people pointed out in chat and I was Googling it as well, but the hollow world campaign setting from AD&D is, is mm -hmm. very much this and uh, super fun. So there, there is, uh, there's resources out there if you want to try and run something like that. Yeah. 
So very cool. So that was my idea. That was just a quick, maybe you guys could try that. It made me think when I flipped past it, how fun and how many different types of adventures we could have and something like that or add it to in it. And I like that it was something that could fit in anybody's world. You could be playing kids on bikes and you could do this. You oh, could yeah. be playing DCC and you yeah, could do this. You could be so. playing Dungeons and Dragons. You could do this. So it was kind of just a cool universal fitting idea that could fit somewhere. So very cool. Yeah. So. Have you seen Iron Sky? Yes. There's a sequel, Iron Sky 2. I don't remember the sub name, but they go a, they go into the earth. Like oh, there's a okay. hollow earth and they go down into it to defeat Nazis. It's to defeat every yeah, yeah, it's, yeah every it's time. It's amazing. Oh, I want to put Nazis in my D&D game. <laughs> and the way you get to them is you're traveling to the center and you have to beat them. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> well, speaking <laughs> speaking of games, uh, what are you playing? What's going on with your games? Oh, wow, playing tons of stuff. So Because you weren't playing stuff for a while, but now you're like no, overwhelmed. No. And I should have put it in the notes, but I was, uh, I was so excited about all of it. I didn't even put it in. Yeah, um, it's awesome. I got to play Savage Worlds on That's Monday. Right. I'll be playing again this Monday. Um, I was playing a Dracon. What is, what is in, the setting? Is it fantasy? Is it Western? This is one's it? called the X crawl. So this is a very shadow run ish style okay. setting. So, um, uh, eighties sci-fi. Yeah. I guess would be the, would be the idea. Blade runner and, kind of stuff. Like and that. the X crawl is, uh, the big entertainment industry, just like we have WWE wrestling. Um, they have what's called X crawls and it's these professional dungeon delvers and there's cameras everywhere, so the audience gets to watch as they oh, try to go through these professionally made, almost like Running Man style yeah. obstacle course fights and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, uh, or another take on like Roman days of the the Colosseum and the gladiator games and uh -huh. stuff that they would do. So the X crawl or the, yeah. and that's what we're human, trying to be. We're, human death and struggle for entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're like way down. We're like, um, we're not even C-list x-crawlers yet we're, we're still trying to break into we're indie x-crawlers that want to make it to the big scene to make it to the a-list you know mm -hmm. be the tom cruises of this world or whatever <laughs> at some point so um it's gonna be pretty cool so mine my character is like a um almost like a lizard man or dragonborn ish mm -hmm. character um and this one did have in it this this had in the the last thing of this not streamed but the last thing is he had in this tunnel we had to get through there were these wild dogs that were going to attack our party and i was like i'm not i'm not doing it so i'm just like i run up there with my torch and i'm like i just intimidate him i just you know i keep him back and he's like yeah yeah and he kind of caught on to what was going on mm -hmm. he's like oh okay yeah so they they escape out and then we were able to finish what we doing so um it was very fun it had like a four-part obstacle course to it one was a puzzle one was a jumping puzzle one was a combat and there's still one more we have to do i think we got through three of them in the session that we did um so pretty fun but that's what's going on savage worlds is a game um i don't know if you played this role-playing game it is uh you I roll played deadlands uh yeah yeah with, you uh, set up, uh, but it was an it wasn't the new savage worlds that right. recently got kickstarted. We played an older version of it, but uh, right. yeah, it, it was a complicated system for Jordan. Like I was just yeah, used yeah. to so being assigned at the point. Uh, dice to a stat, yeah, like a, or something you're gonna do, and so d sixes or d eights or d tens and this stuff, and you have skills that you can do, and you might add in bonuses. And the thing that makes it really interesting is that your dice can explode. Mm -hmm. um, so if you roll a six on a d six, you get to roll it again. 
an add on top of that. So and then yeah, yeah. And you keep I rolled a six, so oh, it six. explodes a four. Yeah. All right, I had I rolled a ten, and yeah. and so from what I remember, if the DC is, uh, I think like five, mm -hmm. um, and if I roll a six, it succeeds. Yeah. But if I because that explodes and I roll a four, now I have a ten, and so because ten is divisible by five, I succeed but twice so it's like a super succeed and you yeah, get to narrate a, a like term for it. Yeah, yeah and i i don't remember yeah. the term but like you get to narrate like no you this was the easiest bomb you've ever diffused like yeah yeah you sneezed yeah. on it and it just shut down and you're like oh cool so yep so that that happened in our game a couple of different times and and it was interesting so it's definitely a different system um i'm curious to see where we go with it how long we play the the campaign how we get into it it's all new players of people i haven't played with before so we're definitely in that new phase of trying to figure each other out and playing um we're not using cameras we're only using voices uh discord and we're using um the other thing is we're using fantasy grounds and oh, okay <clears throat> i don't know what it is several of these games i've got invited to have been fantasy ground games they've got invited to I'm still not a big fan of it. I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I always tell these guys about Roll20 and they're like, no, Roll20 doesn't do what Fantasy Grounds do. Like they're huge fans of Fantasy Grounds and I'm just like, I don't see it. I've used them I both. wonder if it's like Mac and PC. Like it's kind yeah. of what you started with that you're like, oh, I'm familiar <laughs> with this. Cause I feel the same way. I've played uh, one game in Fantasy Grounds and mm -hmm. I was confused the whole, I was like, I just don't, where do I go? I have to, what? Uh, yeah. Whereas Roll20 just felt more intuitive to that. Uh, but, but you know, yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. So, so that was interesting. So I get to play that some more. Maybe, maybe I'll get more used to it. Maybe the more I use it, it'll be one of those things that I have like, <clears throat> that I'm just like, all right, now, now I understand why everybody likes it. But for me, I don't know. I'm still a rule 20 guy at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was that game. Then we played, we're playing our water deep slash act Inc. And this was another one that this is such a weird week for me. I've been playing a character that doesn't fit with the party. Um, Ooh, that's troublesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end of the session on Tuesday night, I told uh, my my DM Danimal, I said, I think I think Mike, I'm going to have this character leave um, because I don't think it's going to work. Like it's kind of funny at the moment. It we're kind of making it work, but I can't see 20 levels of this going on and on because what the problem is. My character I'm playing as a cavalier, as a knight, wants to be a really good guy. Yeah. The party wants to be a bunch of scoundrels. Right. And that's the point of Waterdeep just, in a way. Like, you want to steal yeah. and, yeah, so. Yeah, it's just not meshing, right? So, and they're having fun. And they they like the idea that there's this, you know, this, there's the tension between. But I'm just like, I don't want to play tension for session after session after session of and have I'm to nearly justify why your character you yeah. because yeah what you're because my character would want to strangle you at this point the stuff you guys are doing it's just it's not going to work you know rules lawyering stuff we're slaughtering people all over the place you know we're you know it's just this we're stealing all the time yeah yeah so it's, you know it's just like it's not fitting and i want this character this cavalier character i want them to play like a knight and so i don't want the party to get down about it i don't want to, to ruin the game for me and I don't want to ruin it for them with us butting heads all the time over what's going on. So I told him, I think I'm going to create a new character. I'm going to create a scoundrel so that I can sit back and I can be like, I don't care what you guys do. It's fine. We can still do whatever we want to do. We can burn houses down. We can, <laughs> we can, I'm, I'll play a bad guy. No big deal. 
Um, but it also made me think too, a lot of times it's not the style of game I want to play a lot. I don't really want to be the bad, bad, bad guy, right? Like yeah. Han Solo bad guy. Okay. I get that. The, the, that type of, I'm a smuggler, but I've got the heart of gold kind of thing that, that I'm with, I'm okay with that, but I don't want to really play Hannibal Lecter in a, yeah. in a you know, in a session. I'm just not into it. Um, so when we started the next game that we we're going to play, so that game went pretty well. Um, we're diving into the Ack Inc. part of it. We're diving into having the thing. We um, already got to see a dragon at this point. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's cool because you're in a Dungeons and Dragons game and you get to see one. That's cool. <laughs> you know, I always like that when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like we're about to get to the meat of the adventure. It sounds like we're done with the feeling it out and the, the side quest stuff. And I think we're finally going to get to the meat of Waterdeep, which then will lead us into hopefully the meat of going down into, which will be my favorite part, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Because I'm a big dungeon delver. I love dungeon delving yeah. um, a ton. I know not everybody likes it, but I'm, I'm a type of person that loves it. So that's been really good. And then we've all been getting excited because tonight we're going to play um why did it just miss my head here it's uh written down in my other notes it's called starfinder i can see the cover i couldn't see the i couldn't see the words we're gonna play a starfinder tonight we're gonna get together and we're gonna we're gonna make our characters tonight which is kind of cool because how often do you do that? Like nowadays, I feel like there's one thing we've missed out on. I don't know if they, you tell me, audience and Jordan. It seems like when we get invited to a campaign, people say, go ahead and make your character. And then when we do a session zero, you have a character and we start talking about everybody that's already made their characters and they're bringing them in. Uh-huh. But D&D to me in the old days was, hey, we're going to play Dungeons and Dragons. We'll make characters when we get there. Yeah starting from scratch so it's been a while since i've done that and i'm hoping that's what we do tonight and i think Mm -hmm. it'll be really fun as we're all bouncing ideas off of each other and we're trying to learn how to roll up characters and and how the rules work together Mm -hmm. while making characters together i think it'll be really fun and that's an experience i've been missing for a while because most of the time it's like hey jordan uh go ahead and make a third level we're gonna play this on tuesday you can just jump in and you know you can be whatever released classes and stuff is fine but just go ahead and have a third level ready and we'll, we'll jump in and play so what about you? When's the last time you went to a session and in that session is where they made the character? Yeah, no, uh, it's been a while. Like, uh, I, I think Dungeon Crawl Classics was the last time where we all got together and we kind of decided about what we're, and I'm sorry, everybody. I'm like, my internet is not working again. I'm losing frames and I don't know if my wife hmm. is uploading videos again, but something's going on. The baby's um, watching uh, Tales from the Loop. Something's happening. You. I keep thinking I have this fixed and then it doesn't work. But uh, I think Dungeon Crawl Classics was the last time because we didn't know about that. Or the honestly, the Savage Worlds game, the Deadlands game we played, we also didn't know how character creation worked. So right. we had to get together and then we were talking about ideas and things like that. So it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but I prefer that. Because a lot of people are like, well, I want to play this. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But like, we, you might want to play something else when you hear my idea. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're, you're playing a rogue. Like, you want to play a rogue from this village. That's kind of cool. What if, like, I don't know. What if I'm your, like, 
cleric buddy or so, you know? And so all of a sudden you kind of figure out like relationships yeah. and things like that. And uh, I think so many people get caught up on like, like a, a D and D um, or, or like a video game. Oh, I can finally play this class, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you sit down and you're like, all right, I'm going to build this class. Uh, but like, you might, you might have an interesting idea if you play something else. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, or it might not even fit. I mean, we all build character. I mean, me and you build yeah. tons of characters and ideas and that's what I've done. So I'm not playing that Cavalier jumping back one second. So I'm not playing that Cavalier. So I'm building a new character and I'm jumping. I'm having this problem because there's the character I want to play, which mm -hmm. is the, the shadow sorcerer at third level, which mm -hmm. sounds really cool and fun. But the character that would fit with the group better is this um, ranger. Um, uh, the one that's the underground ranger. Um, forget the name of it. Also. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the monster slayer uh, or the deep stalker. Deep stalker. Yeah, or, um, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's the one I that, can't read or write. It's fine. And I wanted to put, that one is going to be a um, kind of one of the monster races, a bugbear. I'm gonna play a bugbear okay. uh, ranger. That is this. Uh, I keep thinking umbral sight, but that's the name of the ability. <laughs> that's not the class, <laughs> but it has that. So that's what's cool about it. And so I'm I'm waffling, just like you said, because uh -huh. one fits with the group better, but one is the one I just want to play. I don't yeah. care what the group's doing. I just want to play. But D&D yeah, &D sure. is usually forgiving enough that you can get away with that. Not all games are. Some games you got to you know cover the bases. So hopefully by when I play on uh, Tuesday night, I will have chosen between... Uh, the ranger or the shadow sorcerer. And I'm just leaning towards shadow sorcerer because I just love it so much. Okay. Um, or, but there's so many good ideas and warlocks and, you know, clerics and druids and paladins yeah. and all this stuff. So, Gloomstalker. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know in Starfinder, they had, I was reading, I read the Vanguard class and I was like, oh, I want to play this. This is so Mass Effect. It's so cool. I want to play this thing. And then I haven't even read all the other classes. So I'm sure tonight when we're getting together and we're reading, and we're going through the books, there might be something else that pops out and goes, Oh, this sounds really cool too. Like somebody's playing somebody with four arms so they can have, you know, I'm like, Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Shield in one arm guns in the other. Whatever, mm -hmm. you know? It'd be really fun. Um, so there's some cool stuff. So that's going to be interesting. I like the idea that I'm going to get to play Starfinder. I love the artwork. Um, I love that it's based off Pathfinder stuff. Um, I love that it's something they're still pushing right now. They're still building stuff for it. It's a relevant game. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to play that. So we'll see how that goes tonight. We're going to get together and have some fun in that. So lots of role playing going on for me. But what about Jordan? What kind of role playing is going on for Jordan? Uh, well, we're we're doing a weird and wild game, which is a supplement mm -hmm. uh, for is system neutral, really. But we're using it for fifth edition. Uh, and my DM basically wants to create a Bloodborne Dark Souls type of game. Um, and okay. so uh, it's, I don't know how deadly it's going to get, but it's very much low magic because magic solves a lot of problems. You can heal people really easily. You can do that. So we're very much relying on like our hit dice and being careful and looking for mm -hmm. things. Uh, and I'm playing uh, a fighter that's, uh, I took the samurai side, but I'm just like a grumpy old man that has a big hammer is that's what we're playing. And it's, it's fun. Um, and that, that's just kind of when we have time during the week, we get together and play this. Uh, usually that was my ghost of Saltmarsh crew. And now we're playing that instead. Uh, but my cool. wild mount game is on hiatus until the virus is over and we can get out of quarantine. Um, so I haven't played that at all. Uh, we're still uncovering a drow plot. 
but I'm most excited about that character because I'm this like tiefling conjuration wizard and at Wildmount I don't know much about. And so it's kind of fun to explore and see new things. So, yeah. Um, Lucian froze. I don't know if it's my connection or his. So I will keep Hearts. talking. Oh, I, Are you, you froze back? on my side. Oh, you froze you on go, my side. Okay. I think you're back. All right. <laughs> uh, and you froze on my side. But uh, probably the game I am most excited for is the one I'm DMing, which is Rod of Seven Parts. And uh, we're having a really good time with that. My players leveled up again. So now they're going to be level seven on the next uh, game we play. Uh, they are uncovering this like demonic plot to something. They're not really sure what it is yet, uh, but they got a really good piece or a really good clue um, where they went to Waterdeep to uh, get this item analyzed. And the item, when the wizard was analyzing it, it ended up opening a portal to the abyss and some demons came out and they killed all the demons except one and they captured him. And so now this next episode, they're going to have to figure out a way of getting him not to disappear and uh, trap him in like a circle or something. So he doesn't go back to the abyss uh, and they're going to, yeah, they're going to um, interrogate him. So we'll see how, how interrogation a demon is. I'm going to have to do some research to see. Uh, yeah. About here's, that. here's a hint to help you out with that make it so that if they do anything physical he keeps losing hit points and he yes. wants to lose hit points because then he goes back to hell that was exactly so that they my can't, thought too. yeah, yeah. because my guys always just want to yeah they just want to oh i'm just gonna go up and break a bone or something i'm just like well and they're chaotic demons <laughs> so i feel like he's gonna lie a yeah. lot he's gonna yeah. he's gonna do all kinds of stuff so i i want to come up with some some interesting ideas to do that siren time. Uh, so I want to come up with some interesting stuff about that, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Uh, again, if you guys are interested in Rod of Seven Parts, uh, I, I have not been releasing the podcast because I had some bad audio, but I got the files from Ted. So I'm going to edit those and upload them today or tomorrow to my Patreon, but it's all on YouTube. Uh, you can watch it there for freezies. Um, and if you are curious about how I dungeon master and how I come up with it, uh, tomorrow morning at 10 AM, I will stream on my channel, the, the dungeon prep for rod of seven parts should be a lot of fun. Uh, but how yeah. many rods do they have? Uh, they have two right now. Yeah. Two, two parts to the seven parts of the single rod. And they are trying to figure out how to put them together and, uh, spoilers, I guess, but it's a really cool system that, each rod operates like a magic wand, but if you, so like, let's say this one casts slow and this one heals and you put them together. Now you have a rod that casts slow and heals and does something extra. So it gets Ooh. more powerful the more you connect these together until by the end you have this legendary artifact, the, you know, this rod. That is really yeah. cool. You're, so. you're basically doing Infinity War and you're going to do oh, Endgame. So good. Is really what's about to <laughs> happen <so> here. <laughs> Thanos is showing up in yeah. your game. <laughs> I want the rod. <laughs> uh, it's so fun. It's so fun. Uh, I, thanks, guys, for coming out today. Um, yeah. That is our show, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to uh, uh, break now uh, so I can go hang out with my baby for a little bit and Lucian can <laughs> do some games and listen to Sirens. He's really yes. good at that. Uh, 
Follow us on the YouTubes. That would be wonderful for you. We're so close to a thousand subscribers. It would just be really awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. Follow us on the uh, Twitters. That's where we're there. Mm -hmm. If you want to find interesting photos and or silly videos that I post on Instagram, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm Jordan with a PH in the middle on all of the social medias. So uh, look for me there. Of course, Lucian is streaming stuff on Twitch now and again. So you should check him out there. Uh, rate us on iTunes, all that jazz. We really love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Anything else, Lucian, before we leave? Hey, go to those comments and tell us about your Bardic inspiration for the week. What campaign idea did you have for oh, the yeah. week? Because we love to hear them. So other yeah. than that, stay safe and we'll see you in next week's quarantine yep. next, show. Yeah, it'll be wonderful. So <laughs> take care, everybody, and happy gaming. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.